Hey, everybody. Coming up on the Matt Townsend Show, Cinderella, right? Now, there's a story about a blended family that didn't mesh together very nicely. I think they even called her the evil stepmom. So what are the tips to getting stepchildren to get along with their new stepparents and vice versa? We're talking about it up on the Matt Townsend Show right after the news with our own birthday boy, Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The Midwest is still hunkering down after nearly 30 tornadoes touched down last night. Over 300 homes were damaged by the huge storms and more tornadoes are expected today. Oklahoma City is currently under a warning. Pressure is building in Washington on the Obama administration to remove more top officials for the IRS's unfair targeting of conservative groups. The president's lawyers knew about the scandal weeks before it was reported to the public. More of the nation's poor are now living in suburbs rather than cities, according to a new study. The shift is putting pressure on government efforts to combat poverty, which have traditionally been aimed at urban settings. Vermont became the fourth U.S. state to allow doctor-assisted suicide for terminally ill patients today. The state is the first to allow the practice through traditional legislative means. As internet giant Yahoo acquires Tumblr for $1.1 billion, CEO Marissa Mayer indicated today the site will largely be allowed to remain the same. Tumblr allows some adult-themed content, which Yahoo has traditionally steered away from. In world news, deadly bombings in Iraq killed 70 across the country today, extending some of the worst violence in the country since U.S. troops withdrew in 2011. Over 200 have lost their lives in the last week. U.S. officials in the Pentagon say tensions with North Korea are relatively low despite six short-range missile launches by the reclusive country. South Korean leaders are calling the launches provocative. Syrian troops have taken back rebel strongholds with the help of Hezbollah militants from Lebanon, according to reports from the rebels. Regime President Bashir Assad says his forces have not accepted help from outside countries. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side. We wish we wish birthday wishes to our own Sam McCall. He's now 48 years old and doing great. Um, we're so proud of him, finally getting a job, finishing college. But he made it, and he's on his way, and he can't hear a word I'm saying. That's why I keep talking about him. So uh, that's good news. Sam McCall finally aged. And um, what better news than this beautiful face I'm looking at? Cute little Skyboy's back. Welcome back, Skyboy. Thanks, Matt. A lot of people didn't even know you were gone. I'm sure they had no idea. <laughs> but I did. Now, uh, Aaron was great. He filled in on the board. Yes. You know, it's amazing is he's, he's got incredible timing. Really? Yeah. He hit everything right on cue. Really? Mm-hmm. So what But anyway, we'll put here? up with you. And um, <laughs> you went to Hawaii. Kauai. Kauai, Hawaii. How was that? It was awesome. I like your tan. Thank you. You can see where your cape was. Yeah. Got the cape tan line. Did, uh, what'd you do? I did a lot of stuff. I went on lots of cool hikes. I went. Did you do the Huki Lao? I don't think so. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I went on a bunch of cool hikes. I went scuba diving. Did you? I went snorkeling. I went on a 17 mile kayak trip along the Nepali coast. Wow. Which was. Was that neat? That was unbelievable. Did you look like Tom Selleck? Yes. 
Because only a few people would really even get that. I don't get it. That's <laughs> Magnum P.I. It was a show about an investigator in Hawaii. No, it was a show about a mustache. It was a show about a big mustache on Tom Selleck. And he used to do a little ca- kayaking along the, the Hawaii coast. Cool. It was neat. So you kind of, did you grow a mustache? Uh, no. Okay. No I offense. Did not. No offense. I put a little sunscreen there, though. <laughs> did you? So I had like a mustache. Tan yeah, line. it looks good. Yeah, it thanks. looks really good. Uh, did you date anyone? Did you find any, um, what do they call them? A wahina? Is that what they call them in a woman in, um, maybe not. Something like that on the bathrooms. It yeah, says, it says, is it wahina? It starts with a W. The men started with a K. That's yeah. all I knew. I just need to know that much. To, yeah, to you just knew you needed yeah. to go to the K, not yeah. the W. Yeah. It's good to know. Anything else going on there? Anything exciting? Um, the whole trip was exciting. Well, it, it sounds great. like it. I, on the kayak tour, there was like dolphins swimming right next to me. You know those I, weren't real, right? I did not know that. They, did you pay for dolphins or did you pay for not having dolphins? I, I just paid for the trip. Yeah, you got dolphin. You got the dolphin package. Those are fake dolphins. That <laughs> they it. swim up and they just jump around your boat. It's expensive, but worth it. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It's huh? totally worth it. So you got to, by the way, did you see the show, the uh, YouTube clip where the guy was on a kayak and it looked like in Hawaii and he was fishing for tuna, I guess, which seems crazy because tunas are big fish when you finally catch one. And um, a shark got onto the tuna. So he had a fish on the line and then a shark attacks the tuna. Okay. And then this guy's reeling in this tuna with a shark on it. And then the shark jumps right by his boat and he about freaked out. I have not seen that. So that didn't happen to you? That did not happen to me. Because I would have paid to see that. <laughs> that would have, that would have scared me to death. That would have been scary. <laughs> yeah. So any anything else from the trip? Um, I'm sure. it's kind of. I didn't want to come back. I wanted to stay there. Well, hold on. What about us? I Well, I thought, you know, if worse came to worse, I could just like... Call it in? Yeah, I could like have you guys send everything over there and then I could do like my stuff over there and then send it back here and then yeah. send it on there. Well, that wouldn't have worked. Yeah. That's why we're glad you came. <laughs> That's too bad. Yeah, well, I was thinking we could just move the show out there. I, we're going to. Okay. When, when we hit big time, we're going to go to BYU-Hawaii. I would I would much rather be A lot there of people don't even know there is a BYU, but there's a BYU-Hawaii, and we're going to go there and be their radio station. Hmm? That'd be awesome. Surf by three every day? We wouldn't get anything done. You realize that, right? Well, we hardly get much we done We hardly now. get anything else done. <laughs> so I think the only <laughs> thing that would be great is we'd at least get a tan. That's a win-win. Right I'm going, there. hopefully, to speak there in October. And when I go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to search for a location. Bryce is going there in June. Yep, I'll be there in about a month and 10 days. See? This is good. Hey, by the way, um, did you see any of the Bradys, the Brady Bunch, I didn't while know you were in Hawaii? We really should have gotten the sound effect. Because they got lost in a cave, <laughs> didn't they? With Vincent Price. Is this like on the show or is mm-hmm. this? No, do you remember the Brady Bunch movie in Hawaii? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, no, that was, that was, that was after, right? That, well, wasn't, that was a parody. Yeah, but still. I'm they, talking about the real show of the Brady Bunch when they went to Hawaii and somebody found, one of them found a little tiki No, kind that's of from idol. the movie. Oh, is that in the movie? That's from the movie. But they're doing a parody on the actual show. Of the episode? Yeah. yeah. With Vincent Price. Yeah. Yeah. That, so you didn't see him there. I did not see them there. Because we're talking about them on the show today. Oh, cool. Do you know why? Because we're talking about blended Blended families. families. The Brady Bunch, a blended family. Boom. But you're going to do that one later, right? 
Is that right, Bryce? That's going to get mentioned later. Okay. So, uh, Merritt, uh, what you got for us on this blended family? We're talking blended families because if 50% of marriages end in divorce or a little bit less than that, they're saying, then there's a lot of couples remarrying. And if they're remarrying, they're trying to blend these beautiful families just like Mike and um, Cindy Brady. Exactly. But sometimes it doesn't turn out so well. Why? Well, just think about Cinderella. She, uh, she was in a blended family. Her, yeah. Her mother died, and her father remarried. Yeah. She got two sisters, and then her father died, and she's left the stepmother. See, that's hard. Yeah. Didn't turn out super well. Well, for Cinderella, it didn't. For Cinderella, well, but her sisters, well end, but, but her sisters were living the life. Yeah. But the interesting thing is, is that this media portrayal, I mean, it's really common. You see the evil stepmother yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, there are several psychological syndromes and effects that are named after Cinderella. In fact, the Jody Aries murder trial that's such a big thing right now in Arizona brought up the, one, of the, one of the people that were – one of her witnesses brought up the fact that was Cinderella a, um, an abused – spouse or something or was she abused anyway but it turned into a big thing and in court they were actually arguing if cinderella was oh, a, a domestic violence survivor yeah well there's Weird. there's um a theory in evolutionary psychology called the cinderella effect hmm. um using the kind of the idea that step parents are more likely to abuse or hurt their non-biological children because it doesn't help them progress biologically, which has been criticized severely. There's not a ton of backup for it, but it is something to consider. Well, there's, it's got to be hard to relate to some of these kids because they're not your kids. In fact, on our Facebook page, one of our, uh, go to Matt Townsend on Facebook, look us up. But one of the, uh, the ladies that were, was commenting, she was commenting on this whole blended family thing. She said the best advice she was ever given is do not expect your husband to love your kids like you do. They are not his. He, in turn, cannot expect you to love his kids like he does. They are not yours. Hmm. There's advice. Yeah. And I think in a, to an extent that's very valid because they aren't your children. You haven't. You don't have that initial bond with but them. I think we think that we would, of course, I love my wife. Why would I not love her children that come from that horrible ex-husband of hers? Yeah. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> because they, every time you look at them, they still kind of look like the ex-husband. Yeah. But we got to blend them still. So what else are they saying? Well, an interesting thing is that there's a syndrome called Cinderella stepmother syndrome, mm. which deals with stepmothers and how susceptible they are to depression and anxiety because they feel such immense pressure to kind of overperform oh, yeah. oh, as yeah. a stepmom. They feel like they have to do everything except they have to do it, you know, 10 times better than any normal mom would just to win over those totally. new kids. That's got to be pressure. Yeah. So there's some major problems with this. It says that um, the symptoms include preoccupation with their position in the family, feelings of anxiety, reject- rejection, ineffectiveness, guilt, hostility, and exhaustion, loss of self-esteem, and overcompensation. Ooh. It doesn't sound very Sounds pleasant. Horrible. No. Well, then you add in that the uh, husband's dead. Oh, yeah. In Cinderella's story. Because you think about it, they live in that big house. And the big house probably had a lot of operational costs, servants, maids. You got to heat the furnace. Someone's got to mow the lawn. Yeah. Cinderella. (laughs) Now, husband passes away. Breadwinner, it's gone. Obviously, stepmom doesn't work. Right. 
but they so they can live the the shell of their former life. That's true. And what do they do to try to fill up the gap? They put Cinderella to work doing all the jobs that they could no longer hire out anymore. Yeah. See, I I never thought of it from that angle. There's a financial component to this step family thing. Plus the mere fact that dad died and has everyone processed the death? Probably not. Or do we move on? No. I mean, this is a big deal. Or the mother died and then dad remarries and we've got to process all of this. Yeah. So maybe we need to have a little more sympathy for the evil stepmother. Maybe she's not being evil. Maybe, but maybe she's, she's not evil. Dealing she with could have liquidated the house, taken the cash, put it in a trust fund. That would have given her operational expenses to live in a little uh, uh, tiny apartment. So that but she can you get imagine by. what everyone would have but said? But she had to keep up appearances. You got to look good. But even though she couldn't afford to operate the house yeah. anymore. Yeah. But that's a, it's interesting, too, because there are a lot of expectations about what we think should happen. Like we think these kids should like us. We think we need to kind of blend the families. I've seen a lot of people just successfully not blend them or even try. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess at some point you're going to have to live with each other, at least for the weekend. Um, <laughs> this is hard. Yeah. And, you know, my parents divorced, but they never remarried. Well, my dad remarried, but I didn't have brothers and sisters that would come over. I think that would be hard, too, to have my dad's attention going to some other kid. Definitely. Like, there would be, be a lot of jealousy. Be mad. Well, mm. But then I would try everything I could to get anything I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I'd be spoiled and I'd be demanding. And I'd make him give me cash, <laughs> iPads, a pony, like yeah. a pony, and go to Disneyland. Everything. If you love me. Yes. Stuff like that. Well, so I was talking with a friend, and we were, we were talking about this because the stepmother. So after you know, maybe we should feel bad for the stepmother. For sure, you know, but that's it's in a hard every thing. story. All of these stories yeah. have a wicked so, stepmother. But we were talking, and the purpose of fairy tales when they were originally written way back when I think Cinderella was in the early 1800s was when it kind of surfaced. Okay, yeah. And they didn't have Disneyland no, issues. No, they did then. not have Disneyland then. But fairy tales were made to teach lessons. So it wasn't just a fairy tale. It wasn't trying to tell girls that they should be princesses mm-hmm. and, you know, that some prince would come and save them someday. But they were made to teach lessons to their children. So the mothers would say, you know, tell their children these fairy tales and it would be a lesson. So I was talking with a friend. We were trying to figure out what's the lesson in Cinderella. Yeah. Like, what doesn't is seem the like lesson? there isn't. But we were thinking and Cinderella was in really bad circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, she had this stepmom who obviously did not relate to her and was making her do things that she didn't want to do. Right. But Cinderella made the best of the situation. It says in every incarnation of the story, she was sweet, kind, loving, patient, didn't yeah. complain. She could have been so messed up. Exactly. And vengeful and vindictive. But see, that wouldn't have made a great story. Yeah, and she could have run away and not tried to build that yeah. relationship with she her. She could have poisoned <laughs> her mother, Yeah. her stepmother, instead of all the other stuff that went on. Yeah, and I mean, mm-hmm. some people say that she maybe should have just done that and run away, but... She it could was, have gotten into drugs. And it also isn't real. So, Oh, good point. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was giving you a lot of great ideas. She could have done <laughs> drugs. She could have gotten into pornography. Yeah. She could have, you know, just sullied herself in the things of the world. Yeah, but she channeled her energy into helping other people. So and she found magic. Let's be real. <laughs> well, see, this is my theory, is that it's more the idea of karma. You know, basically you're teaching your karma children that when you magic. make – when you – Put your best self forward and you make the best of the situation. Eventually, something good will happen to you. Something good will come of that. I like that. I like that. All of them. All of those stories have like a wicked person. Yeah. And every one of them is just a trial that just says, hey, make the best of it. Exactly. Bryce, what were you going to say before you're right about to yawn? I was going to say, well, hold on. She did start seeing 
talking animals. Well, so you in too. the Disney movie. No, but that's yeah. Also, movie. not real. You know that that's not real. The movie wasn't. The movie wasn't like it wasn't um, reality TV. It wasn't. I think you're upsetting him. Yeah, it wasn't. Well, and then you have the uh, coach turning into a pumpkin at midnight. Yeah, it's that's... symbolic of how all vehicles turn into pumpkins once they age. Well, or lemons. Yeah. Okay, oh, that's lemons. even better. Mm-hmm. Oh, like Let's it. bring up the animals, though. So. Yes, they are mice and birds, and they talk. But Cinderella was being treated as an inferior. But those animals were also an inferior. But she didn't treat them that way. She tro- she treated them like they were human. Yeah. And thus- so she brought them up. She gave them little clothes, yeah. sing songs to See, them. I think Cinderella had her own problems. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Well, she did take them to prom. I guess that's the best equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Cindy, are you going to prom? Yeah, I'm taking a rat. <laughs> what was it like six mice and a punk? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not I'm good not at good Disney, but but I like your side of it because Merritt, you seem positive. I I try, and we're just rude. <laughs> Karma, remember that, Bryce. It's coming back to get us. <laughs> it always does. And you're not going to have the animals turning into fairy mystical or creatures. sewing for us. No, or sewing or singing beautiful songs. Yours will probably be hard rock, <laughs> rock and roll. I wonder what animal falls into that. I don't want to. An armadillo. (laughs) It's the 80s. Yours will be an armadillo. The 80s hair metal band, Cinderella. Oh. Yeah, don't go back there. Hard hard rock. That is, um, I like that. I like the karma idea because that's, that really, when you think about blending a family, trials are going to come. Yeah. Stuff's going to happen. And what you can do is just stick it out. Yeah. And make the best of your situation. So you can't make those other people change. No. She couldn't make the stepsisters be nice to her. You but could she try. could be nice to the That's stepsisters. what they always do, though. They yeah. always try, right? They always try, but it has to start with yourself. So See, that's the lesson Merit, from fairy tales. Good job. Thank you. We would have destroyed that. I was pretty sure you would. In fact, we were actually we were destroying it as you were making it very worthwhile and worthy. Good work. Merit, you rock. You are, that's going to be good karma for you. That's good. I, I need the karma, but probably not the singing mice. No, please. Please, no. We are going to um, take a break. When we come back, we're going to be bringing on an expert. We're going to be talking to Bryce Tobin, our very own uh, ranter. He's going to give us some insight into a little bit more, I think, of the Brady Bunch story. We're going to talk about blended families and how. what are the skills, what are the keys, the principles to making it work. We're also going to try to get... Uh, Somebody that's actually going through the trial real time and get some feedback from them, as well as bringing on an expert who uh, is going to help us. Dr. Nancy Buck is going to be educating us all on how to blend our families more successfully. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Learning to see and understand air pollution is what the Discover AQ mission is all about. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. NASA has a satellite in development that will park itself in geostationary orbit above the U.S. and provide a full coast-to-coast detailed look at U.S. air quality through the daytime hours. Thanks to modern sensors and advances in processing, this satellite, called Tempo, will be able to monitor and report air pollution levels across the nation. Critical information for people with health issues, first responders, hospitals, schools, and the transportation industry. 
Before Tempo can go to work, however, we need to teach it what to look for and to discriminate between pollution high in the upper atmosphere and air pollution down near the ground where it affects people. A NASA project called Discover AQ is gathering and interpreting that information, targeting the San Joaquin Valley in California, an area with frequent air quality problems. The mission takes samples and observations from ground stations, tethered in free balloons, as well as high and low altitude aircraft to build up a 3D database of air quality conditions. The models built from this survey will make Tempo's future atmosphere observations and particularly its pollution forecasts more precise than anything that came before. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. In our world of ever-changing media, it can be hard to know what's good to watch. Kids are going to see tough things, but it's easier if their parents either prep them or talk to them afterwards. That's really what media literacy is all about. Stay up to date with Parent Previews every Wednesday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on The Morning Show. Very touching. I don't think that movie would make a million dollars if it released in theaters today. (laughs) On Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Talk about good. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about blended families, taking two families, you know, merging them together in a beautiful thing we call a marriage, and then making it all work. I mean, what's the hardest thing that could go wrong, Bryce Tobin? Uh, Everything. (laughs) All the whole, like, marriage, you know, all the things that go with all of them. Every single one of them. Everything that's possible could go wrong is what you're saying. Uh, you know, I'm usually dramatic and I'll say that, but like, no, that's pretty accurate. That pretty much captures it. Well, the Brady Bunch did it. <laughs> They're also not real. Oh, aren't they? <laughs> but well, are let's, they? Let's see what you have to say about this. Bryce has some thoughts about Brady Bunching that he just loved to share with us. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is right. I call it Brady Bunching, where you take your kids and marry someone else with kids and make the blended family and try to keep your heads above water. It's also like trying to break physics by mixing water and oil. I'm not saying it can't be done, but I'm definitely saying it can't be done by conventional means. And then you want to know the best part, at least for me? When people Brady Bunch it, they'll then turn around and say how hard it is, and I can't help but wonder, what made you think this would be easy? Let's imagine an ideal marriage, one that's totally within the confines of reality. Both people have master's degrees, salaries and good strong careers making somewhere around 60 grand a year. They have a car that's less than four years old. They have their own residence. They're under 30. They don't have debt, no history of mental illness. And even still, these people are going to struggle. When they got married, they didn't have the baggage of previous marriages. They didn't have kids to complicate everything. The Bradys were even highly idealized. I found a little info on the Brady Bunch online encyclopedia, because that's a thing now. Mike Brady's a widower, but also a man's man, so he doesn't really talk about his last wife or let old feelings get in the way of the here and now. Thanks for the stereotypes, Paramount. Carol Brady was originally supposed to be divorced, but the hyper-idealization monster from Hollywood stepped in and made sure the fate of her previous marriage was never mentioned on the show. Quite literally a see-no-evil, hear-no-evil, speak-no-evil. Yet when 
when it was all controllable and utterly fictional, some of the problems the Bradys ran into were compelling because they were believable. So once again, I gotta ask, now that you're in your mid-30s, with both of your kids, your mountain of debt, and an ex that refuses to give you any peace, what made you think getting remarried to someone in the same boat would be easy? How about we look at some stats? Most divorces end in a settlement. This means that even through all of the fighting, at some point people calm down and attempt to figure things out like child support or who gets the kids for how long. Even still, with more lifetime experience, probably more maturity, and kids that are not as dependent, second marriages have a divorce rate that's about 15% higher than for first-time marriages. And bringing kids into that second marriage acts as a destabilizing factor for the subsequent marriage. I think this is because life doesn't ever seem to become less complicated, and we can't plan for everything. Let's grab one example. There's things like vacations. What if your new spouse takes their kids to the Florida Keys for a week every year, but you can't do that because that's four states away, and your ex won't let you do that? Or worse, what if you you drop your kids off with your ex and then you go to the keys. You better not have a teenager because they're not just going to let that one slide. Do you see why you probably wouldn't think to bring that up in the divorce settlement? Now, I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's your life. But the chances of an ideal marriage failing are pretty high. And I hope I've adequately illustrated that deciding to pull a Brady Bunch is far from ideal. Alright, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Is pulling a Brady Bunch the technical term? Um, I think... I think the uh, infinitive verb is, what is it, Brady Bunching? Brady Bunching. Or I guess that's the transitive uh, Yeah. Verb. I can't English. I'm bad wrong. at it. Yeah. That's why you're doing radio. Right? Um, I like the idea, though, that it's, it is, you had, it's like an illusion. It really is. We keep thinking, well, the Brady Bunch, is, the Brady Bunch did it. But you're right. They're on a TV show that's almost 45 years mm-hmm. old. And they didn't oh. bring up, like... They didn't bring up the fact that uh, what's her name was uh, was divorced. Yeah, they just kind of like threw that. Actually, okay. So another thing from the Brady Bunch online encyclopedia. Apparently, for the sixth season, which it got canceled, they never made it to the sixth season. Oh, really? Apparently, uh, Carol Brady's husband yeah. was supposed to come back into the picture with the departure of Mike Brady. Really? Did you know that? No. Probably didn't. Anyway. See, that's what gets this complicated because every kid, all of uh, Carol Brady's children may have been praying for daddy to come back, especially when Mike was a jerk. <laughs> I don't think he ever was a jerk. Oh, Mike was a jerk. They just never showed it. They never showed it. Yeah. Uh, I think the show was canceled, though, because Marsha got hit in the nose with a football. I think they realized we've made the best, the most, ep- or the most memorable episode that we're going yeah. to make. Once you've hit Better the pretty girl in the nose with no, a football. No, no. Once they got every single little sister of pretty older sister. Yeah. Once they gave them justice, they were just like, oh, apex of yeah. the show. Yeah, Found I it. I think, too, once you've kind of um, all the kids have to at least go to college or be proven to be losers that never leave the home or be proven to be kids that never graduate from high school. That's what set them up. They set up with they started with kids that are all too old. Greg had to move on. He had Marcia to get out of there. had to get on. They had to move on. Jan had to eventually lead the family. Right. <laughs> I guess that was her purpose. But it's complicated. It just not even let's not even get into Alice. Okay, and Sam the butcher. Like they weren't getting free um food from Sam the butcher. He would bring over steaks. Sure, they had a good life. Those are expensive. Steak is not inexpensive. Yeah. Why wasn't Alice getting married? I think I think Sam and Alice were codependent. Must have been. <sighs> They were but a even messed still, up family. Even still, Alice and Sam, better chances of sticking together mm-hmm. than Carol and Mike. 
Yeah, totally. New because, they, yeah, they don't have these blended families. Not blending families. Or um, if we could all just write our own script and write off the X that can never then come back, there's a lot that would do just, that. That's just, just not possible. Highlight and delete. I was just, boom, gone. No See? X. So for the rest of the people that actually have to live a life, you just need to stay around and listen to the show. Because if you are trying to blend a family, guess what? We've got the guest for you. Our, um, we've got a great guest. Dr. Nancy Buck is coming up. And she is going to walk us through some of the, key, the keys, the skills, the tools you need to actually blend a family. It's not just going to happen by luck. And you're not going to have writers that are going to write people out of your script. Instead, you got to learn how to talk. You got to learn the tools to blend the family. Dr. Nancy Buck will be joining us after this break, and we're going to get into the skills, the real life solutions about how to blend your family. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Could we all be so lucky as to have an important day? today, something really important happened. I like to think that every day has that opportunity for us. And the best way to start your important day is by joining Marcus Smith for some uplifting conversation on The Morning Show. Tune in daily at 9 a.m. Eastern, only here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Talk about good. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A metropolitan area of Oklahoma is reeling after a tornado at least a mile wide ripped through the area. Some are speculating the storm had winds at or near 200 miles per hour. Entire neighborhoods have been flattened and several buildings are still on fire. A school is among the buildings directly hit by the storm, but so far no word has been given if classes had been dismissed for the day. A new study shows more of the nation's poor are now living in suburbs rather than big cities. The shift is putting a strain on the government's efforts to combat poverty, as most of the traditional efforts have been aimed at urban areas. Vermont became the fourth U.S. state to allow doctor-assisted suicide for terminally ill patients today. The state is the first to allow the practice through traditional legislative means. As internet giant Yahoo acquires Tumblr for $1.1 billion, CEO Marissa Mayer indicated today the site will largely largely be allowed to remain the same. Tumblr allows adult-themed content, which Yahoo has normally steered away from. In world news, deadly bombings in Iraq killed 70 across the country today, extending some of the worst violence in the country since U.S. troops withdrew in 2011. Over 200 have lost their lives in the last week. U.S. officials in the Pentagon say tension with North Korea is relatively low despite six short-range missile launches by the reclusive country. South Korean leaders are calling the launches provocative. Syrian troops have taken back a rebel stronghold with the help of Hezbollah militants from Lebanon, according to reports from rebel forces. Regime President Bashir Assad says his forces have not accepted any help from outside areas. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Our prayers and best wishes go out to the people in Oklahoma that uh, are suffering through that crazy tornado. We're here, and um, we are 
praying for you. Um, welcome back to the program. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're talking about blended families and how you take two families and you put them together successfully. Again, it's nothing more ripe for problems than trying to merge two families together. And, uh, you know, it causes a lot of problems, I think, that are just obvious. Any of you, I mean, everybody knows somebody from a blended family, and it's not easy. It's a tough stuff. So we, tough stuff. So we've asked Dr. Nancy Buck to join us. Dr. Buck is a developmental psychologist. She's an expert in children's motivation and behavior. She's a parenting coach and the founder of Peaceful Parenting, Inc., She's also a blogger for Psychology Today and the author of a recently published book, How to Be a Great Parent, where she gives uh, lively and helpful advice that parents can put into practice immediately. Dr. Buck, thanks for joining us. I'm happy to be with you. This is, uh, it really is kind of the quintessential universal second marriage problem, isn't it? <laughs> well, it, it certainly ranks up there. <laughs> I mean, it's up there, isn't it? Along <laughs> it with is. other things. What do you, what do you think? Do you think we overestimate or maybe underestimate really what it takes to to just blend these different groups? I, I absolutely do. Um, you know, there's some assumptions that we make. Uh, I fall madly in love with you, Matt. So I'm sure that my children are going to love you, For and sure. you fall madly in love with yeah. me. And so you're sure that your children are going to fall in love with me. Yeah. And it, it ain't necessarily so. No. Because um, I love then, my mommy, uh, and I love my. And it's, I mean, all of a sudden, it, it's almost like they're torn, isn't it? it well, that's certainly part of it. Um, and and usually in the in the, um, I mean, we could we could look at blended families actually that aren't necessarily families from divorce either. Right. No. Right. Uh, it could be two people whose spouses each have passed away. Yeah. Um, and still, it's ju- it, it, it's not just that uh, second mommy. Uh, replaces first mommy who's still alive. It, mm-hmm. could, it could still be um, from other circumstances as well. But there is an assumption, and you know, in the first blush of love, where there, where you are full of enthusiasm and um, and a certain level of blindness, yeah. um, there there is a belief that if if I am madly in love with this man, my kids are going to love him too, and and I and and that's just not accurate. No. And it's not fair, and it's not fair to anybody involved. But, of course, part of it is um, not just the, the, the blush of the new love. There's also the hope. Um, and nobody walks into a relationship with low hope. Yeah, you that would... With high hope. That's a bad start, right? Because <laughs> you need some hope to get something going. <laughs> exactly. So part of it really is taking the time. And that's, that's not necessarily easily done. No. But it's taking the time to allow everybody to really develop a relationship with one another. Um, and that, you know, the really relationships are a function of time and meaning. Yeah, um, that that's if it. you assume that we're going to be automatically uh, close and wonderful and talk about our deepest, darkest secrets and, and, uh, and joys and hopes and dreams, in the first five minutes of the conversation, it doesn't go well. Well, it seems like it's almost two different loves we're playing with. I, I think you can fall chemically in love with somebody immediately. Like, oh, man, yes. i got to have her. But yes. but the kids aren't feeling the chemical love. They're, that's kind of one that needs to be nurtured. That's, that's like growing a tree. We've got to grow Absolutely. it here and plant it. Absolutely. And now let's add, add into the additional mix 
the kids meeting one another. Mm-hmm. So, okay, how do I feel about this new sibling that I have? Yeah. Uh, not so great. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden now I have to share my parent that I've been with with this other kid. And, of course, as that new parent is trying to develop a relationship with the new stepchild, oh, the biological kid might feel left out. Like, what makes that person so great? How come you're spending all your time with them? Yeah. So, you know, talk about sibling rivalry. It just jumps to a whole new level. Oh. Um, and, and if you've got kids who are similar ages, that complicates it. Or, let's say, your eldest um, no longer is the eldest because the, the new oh, yeah. spouse brought in an older kid. The hierarchy's so changed. Out of that position, that's right. Ah, oh, um, see, this is <laughs> so much more complicated. And and in a, I think you you hit it on the head too, where we're, you were just basically saying, I, I think we overestimate what how this should work. Like that, my authority should matter. Or I mean, because yeah. at some point, you don't just get authority because you married someone's mom. I mean, you, you have position, I guess. You have. Well, I mean, it, it's a little like being a substitute teacher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good luck. It's true, though, huh? We all know about the substitute. We know we're going to try to get away with stuff. Exactly. But at 3 o'clock, at least you get to leave the substitute. That's so true. now you've got this, this new uh, step parent who may be trying to exert his or her authority. And like, who are you? Where did you come from? And what makes you think you can? Oh. Um, and again, depending on the age and stage of the child, greater greater success with a three year old than a thirteen year old. Um, but it's still, oh. it's not it's not automatic. It just isn't automatic. I was eavesdropping a little uh, as you guys were talking before about the Brady Bunch, and what they don't show you—at least I don't remember seeing. Right. So I don't can't see them. But they don't show you the beginning of how they developed into this happy home. Right. Um, and I think it was medication. <laughs> I mean, I think they just filled them all up with well, maybe meds. Maybe that's what the butcher was putting in the meat. That's Who knows? exactly. <laughs> it's those hormones they put in all that meat. <laughs> But don't you, I mean, because it, it, I mean, I know they're just, it's just a show, but I grew up on that. Right. That was my view of what a blended family looks like. And I, I don't know. I, I never saw them really fight. No. Although there was, there was, there was some tension between the kids. Yeah. Uh, but there tended to be more tension between the actual biological kids than there were the step-sibs. Uh-huh. But there still was, at least they showed a little bit of tension. Yeah. Um, and of course, mom and dad were always listened to, but you know, that, that was <laughs> the, uh, sitcom of those days mom and dad were no more listened to in real people's homes um right no exactly they are now i was like i want some of those i want some of that meat just to get my kids to listen does the authority um let's get into that because it seems like it's not an easy thing to to win the hearts of people right like children and to win the hearts and to it's it's how do you do that? How do you start to garner the authority you need to be, and and basically, I guess, are you a parent? Is that my job, well, uh, well, uh, or okay, is my so job to just it, be my wife's boyfriend or husband? Well, well, part of it is that that would be the thing that that I would I think needs to start the conversation between these two people who have decided that they're going to um, blend their lives and start a new life together mm-hmm. uh, somewhere. And I hope before before actually anybody isn't necessarily re- meeting anybody's uh, children, there's a conversation about it, although rarely does that happen. Yeah, right. Um, 
It's a little like taking parenting classes when you, you're, not, you're not about to be a parent. Who cares? Yeah. But at some point, again, let's say it's you and me, we need to sit down and say, okay, how do you think it's going to go? And I think that if you think you're going to start being the disciplinarian um, and exerting your authority with my children, that's not going to go so well. Yeah. Um, so I think we need to hold that off. And you have a better sense about your kids to know if that's true as well. Yeah. Um, but part of it also is, uh, you know, and, and this is not a, a, uh, an original of mine, um, but relationships are, are like putting money in the bank. And if you've got enough money in your bank account, you can make a withdrawal and the relationship won't go bankrupt. So if I've been cultivating the good, the nice, the love, the connected, the respect with your children, and then we decide, okay, it's time. You need to do some uh, laying down the law in here, Nancy. And I do it. I've got enough money in the bank that it hasn't bankrupted our relationship. And that but could take months, too, huh? That could take uh, yeah. years. That's what we got. I guess got to instill is this isn't this isn't efficient. It isn't. It isn't. And but you know why, why would it be? Yeah, right. The, the, if it, if it's a value, it's going to take time, mm-hmm. and it's going to take energy, and it's going to be frustrating, and it's going to be hard. However, if I was a single parent raising my kids before I got connected and married to you, I'm going to continue to do that in this house. Yeah, right. Um, and and uh, and hopefully, one of the things that happens is you begin to observe how I work with my kids, mm-hmm. and that's a big clue on how you might do it. Now, often what also happens though is um, you might totally disagree with what I do. Yeah, you're you're and too nice, true, Nancy. You need to lower the <laughs> you need to lower the boom. That's right. So if that's true, then you and I need to have that conversation separate and well away from our children. See, there's um, so many, and, aren't there? There's so many little things that'll sneak in there, like absolutely. how we parent, what's expected. Um, and, and these are all roles. I mean, you could have two people merging this family together that have both been with other partners for 20 years, or not 20, but maybe 10, 15 years, but that are fixed in how they parent. Uh, yep. And now yep. all of a sudden, we're going to just assume that it's just going to naturally flow. No. It's, it's, a, it's a, a huge misperception mis, uh, and a mistake. Yeah. Um, and, and often can, can, for some families, it can lead to disaster and the end of that, of that marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it doesn't have to. No. Um, it, but truly, it really, you need to nurture. And it may be uh, that you need to get some guidance and help from, you know, there's a wide variety of sources where you can get the guidance and help, but get some guidance and help along the way. Yeah, I totally um, agree. A, a very wise man that I, I knew who was dating a woman who had, his children were grown and out of the home, but um, the woman he was dating still had children at home. They weren't all that young. They were mid to late teens, which OPS, that's kind of worse. But anyway, they were still there. And he did some, some, a fair bit of reading before uh, he got too much further along in the relationship because he figured, if I'm going to be in this relationship with this woman long term, I am with these children as well. Yeah. And I need to give, get some advice on what kinds of things I can expect. Um, it turned out that the relationship did not go long term. But I thought, well, here's a guy who's at least wise enough to be thoughtful about how you move forward. Oh. Um, well, and getting help, a, I mean, and, and pacing it out and, and taking it on and taking some classes. 
and and kind of seeing it as a process, not an event. Like, hey, I had a couple come in, and so I'm really sure that if we just have them at the wedding, they'll unify, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, let's, man. Let's, let's take an event that's super stressful, super yeah. busy. You've got too many people that you need to attend right. to. That you're going to ignore all your kids anyway, yeah. Right. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh my gosh! Well, it's 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 a nice fantasy. Um, yeah. And then there's the reality: we all go home together. That's right. Oh. How did it work out? Do you know? Well, uh, not so great. They're still working at it, uh, but but it, yeah. it's it, it. That's like what you're saying. It doesn't go away. And then there's just these inherent jealousy. So what I want to do, Nancy, yes. let's take a break. I want to come back. And I want to talk to you just about jealousy, because there's some pretty natural jealousies that happen between uh, a blood mom and her blood daughter. I mean, just that relationship, there's already jealousy. You bring in another woman that's vying for your dad's attention or vice versa, gender roles. um, It's pretty powerful. So we'll come back with Dr. Nancy Buck. She is the author of a recently published book, How to Be a Great Parent. And uh, also go check out her website, PeacefulParenting.com. And we'll, uh, we're going to come back, pick her brain, and get some more skills for you to blend your families in a healthier way. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The light-emitting diode, or LED, is 50 years old now, but it's still learning new tricks. This is Innovation Now bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. The first LEDs were red and infrared in color, and it took years to advance our understanding of semiconductors to get to today, where they can create any color of light you want. LEDs moved from digital watches and calculators into every kind of electronic device you can think of, including TVs. Today's power-thrifty LEDs are often used for flashlights, even car head and taillights. It's been a little tough using LED lights in homes, though. While they can replace the incandescent bulb and the fluorescent bulb, LED house lighting isn't always aesthetically pleasing. Many people think they look too blue or they can make nearby colors seem weak or pale. The technical terms are color temperature and color rendition index, or CRI. But University of Georgia scientists have developed a new LED that has the right color temperature and rendition index to become popular indoors. It's a blue LED with a new phosphor coating. The coating converts the blue light into very pleasant light, similar to old-fashioned incandescent bulbs, but drawing a fraction of the energy. It probably has a bright future. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. What are we talking about on Through the Garage Door? Well, just about anything goes. Not anything anything goes, but pretty much anything. Anything that has to do with rock and roll and this good rock and roll and that we love and are passionate about, that's what we're talking about. Catch BYU Radio's look into rock and roll on Through the Garage Door. Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays at 11 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
We are talking with Dr. Nancy Buck about peaceful parenting. She is runs this website, peacefulparenting.com. She's a developmental psychologist, expert in children's motivation and behavior, parenting coach, and uh, author of the book, How to Be a Great Parent, that, which was just recently published. Dr. Buck, thanks for joining us again. I'm happy to still be here. It is uh, quite the thing, this this jealousy. I mean, not only maybe mom died or they divorced, um, now I have to deal with my dad being in love with another woman and bringing all these people into my life, and now he's not home as much. That could be really hard on the psyche of a young child, couldn't it? Absolutely. So, you know, the, the part that, um, it's just so interesting, the, the, the joy and sorrow, I guess is the word I'll use, of being a parent is that from the moment your child is born, they're moving away from you. Um, but usually the kid doesn't have Nero, nearly the, the sorrow <laughs> right. that we as the parent have, unless something like that happens, that the parent actually does move away or their, uh, their daily readiness is not um, an access. Let, that, let me say that. Their, their daily access is not as ready as right. So, again, whether it, it's because they've um, left home and now are in, uh, starting another family or uh, creating a blended family, there is a certain level of sorrow and grief and grieving that occurs for a child. Um, and at the same time, usually children don't have words to put that, obviously depending on the age and stage. Right. But they don't necessarily have words to be able to say, I feel very sad. I miss mommy, I don't see her as much. I miss daddy, I don't see her as much. And now there's this new guy who's around who's trying to be nice to me, and I don't want to like him. Mm-hmm. Because I fear that if in my liking him, that means I don't love my daddy as much. So that's part of the dynamic that's occurring, and that can be occurring as well. Well, it's Confusing. Well, it is, um, but we what we as parents can do, and and I recommend this not just around this particular issue, Matt, is to imagine what life is like at your child's age. Yeah, take a minute and get out of yourself and imagine what's happening for the kid. So. It's sad, and you need to say, it's sad, because it's not the way it was. I miss you, too. I want to be with you, too. And I'm happy when we're together. And I'm going to make sure that when we are together, I make sure to spend 45 minutes, half an hour, 10 minutes, whatever the time is. And it doesn't have to be a ton of time, but it needs to be our special time where we connect. So whether that's going for a walk or playing kickball or uh, reading together, whatever it is, there are moments where, which is our special time. Mm. That's, that's, uh, that's powerful. Again, whether you're doing blending or not blending, or uh, if you're a parent who has more than one child, uh, it's, it's good to do that, period. Yeah. Uh, but it's especially important just to say, you matter, I want to connect with you, um, and what we do together is important to me. Mm. Um, I, I think that's, that's interesting. I, I think, don't you think, too, though, that the, the jealousy isn't always the child. I mean, now all of a sudden we're together, we're living in the same home. It used to be when we were just dating, we you used to have all my attention, I had all of your attention, then we blend these kids in, and now the kids are taking your time from me. You're taking, yep. so now the parent gets jealous as well. Yep. <laughs> That's so another it's game, really, isn't it? It's one of the things, they didn't show you on the Brady button. I know. However, it's still a recommendation, so make sure you spend time meaningful time 
it doesn't have to be talking about, you know, uh, things of, of great depth, the philosophy of life, or do you think there really are men on Mars? Um, but it can just be playing a game together, singing a song together, yep. taking a walk together. Um, but make, doing the best you can. Now, it may not be something that you can achieve with every member of the family every day. Right. But certainly, it can be something you can achieve with every member of your family at least once during the course of the week. Well, th- um, these are the same and, problems parents have with their biological children. When we're married, exactly. we don't have time for each other. We, have to, exactly. we don't have time for our kids. It's just, it seems Absolutely. like it's magnified differently when we're blending them. Well, and, and there is, there truly, you know, the expression, blood is thicker than water, didn't come by accident. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. there, is a, there is a certain level of biology, uh, that chemical reaction, which is a different kind than the one you were talking about, but there is that yeah. chemical connection that really does count. Um, at the same time, I can tell you that it's one of the things that's wonderful about being a grandparent. When I'm with my grandbabies, I have nothing else to do but to be with them. Yeah. I don't have to think about the groceries. I don't have to think about, pay, did I pay that bill or not? I don't have to think about anything except this child who's in front of me that I get to celebrate and indulge. Oh, that it's is beautiful. Awesome. That is. In fact, that's <laughs> that brings me hope again. Now I'm hoping again. <laughs> Nancy, you nailed it. I was losing hope for a while there, but now it's back. Well, no, I mean, you, and you can achieve that. You truly can. A blended family obviously is not impossible no. because, as you said, it's we happening. all know somebody who right. comes from a blended family. Um, and and eventually there is a settling in and a settling down and uh, a certain level of trust and a certain level of um, maybe affection that mm-hmm. eventually grows into love. Yeah. Um, but just as usually, I hope, with the person that you've uh, decided that you're going to make a life with, you didn't meet them and in the first five minutes say, I love you, now let's get married and start our lives together. Right. You had to cultivate that relationship. And the same thing is true with, with the new family has to cultivate each other. Um, it's hard, however, yeah. for children to do the initiating and the cultivating. Yeah, you, you um, kind of need so, a grown-up, don't you? Well, yeah, but you can also give them projects together. So, you know, in doing things together, it's always uh, a better way to develop a relationship. Now, it would be best if it was doing something that the kids enjoy. Right. Um, You know, cleaning the house may be mom's perfect project, (laughs) but probably not the children's perfect project. Yeah, Yeah, they don't want to go there. What do you do? um, What do you do? I, I guess this is just where communication comes in. But I mean, at some point as parents, you can't just default to your automatic and your kids can't like, like you were saying earlier, they're they're They have, if they're not liking what's going on and you haven't earned this trust yet, it's going to come out. Yep. It's going to come out one way or another. They may not speak it out. They may not actually say, yeah, I don't like you. They actually right. might too, but it's, but it, it's just going to be you know, a little passive. I mean, it's going to come out some other way, passive aggressively, right. or well, usually for kids, it's through their behavior. Yeah, and and actually, if you have a kid who says, "I hate you," "I don't like you," you're in, you're actually on a better track. It yeah. doesn't feel that way, no. but at least they're expressing. Yeah, you, hey, they're talking enough to say that. Right. That's good. <laughs> if you have a kid that keeps slashing your tires in the driveway, yeah, yeah, not good. <laughs> that's a different problem. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's but that's right. so. So really, parents out there that are seeing the tension, it's at least there and it's surfaced. What about uh, what? What are some of the behaviors we would see in the children that are kind of quietly seething? 
Well, so usually, I mean, what, what happens for kids when things aren't going well, um, and by that I mean they're not able to meet their needs for safety, love, power, fun, and freedom within the context of the relationship, they usually either act out or they act in. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they're acting in, they're sullen, they withdraw, they don't connect, they isolate. Um, they may, they may um, I, I, I hesitate to use the word depressed, but they may be sad. Um, they, uh, they, they, the kid seems to have lost his or her spark. Right. Or they act out. Uh, you know, they're throwing things around. They're kind of bullying to the other younger new sibs who are in the family. Uh, there, there's a lot of bravado or you can't make me, that kind of thing. So essentially, I mean, my, this is my key to success for all relationships, including the blended, is to understand that what's driving this child's behavior is this kid has an, an, an urge or a need for either safety, love, power, fun, or freedom, mm. or a combination of those. So as parents, you and I together better figure out what can we do to give as many opportunities for our children to feel connected, to feel important and recognized, to laugh and feel like they have a say in what's going on, um, and to feel like they have choices and to know that here it's safe. Yeah, and not get um, and caught the, up in the thing we're fighting about. Exactly. exactly. And look and for the for deeper kids, need. Exactly. And for kids, behavior is never the child's problem. <laughs> if you could, you know, if a, yeah. if a child could only say, look, it's really been hard on me. Yeah. It's nice that you two are in love, but, you know, this is really, it's, it's a stressful place. And home is not nearly as safe as it used to be. Right. How many 10-year-olds do you know Man. who could say that? No. How many 20-year-olds do you know who could say that? How many 60-year-olds <laughs> do you know that are saying yeah. that? Yeah, right? <laughs> It's true, though. So, so, so you're basically saying the behavior then is their form of communicating. Exactly. Absolutely it is. And, and eventually you can you put the words to it. You can say, gee, it feels like, you know, it looks like what's going on here is you don't feel like you're getting recognized. Mm-hmm. Or it feels like, uh, it looks like you feel like you lost some of your freedom. You had a bedroom of your own and now you have to share. That must kind of stink for you. Mm. Um, and uh, how and, can we make it better? Yeah, and get them talking, <laughs> get them sharing, so some of that venom exactly. comes out. Exactly. And you can guess what it is you think the oh, child yeah. wants. Um, because, again, the younger they are, it's, it's, it often is not rocket science, but no. it could be. Um, it, it really could be something that has nothing to do with what's going on with the new blended family, and it may have everything to do with what's going on at school. Yeah, I, um, I notice it's these, a lot of times it's the oldest kids. I mean, we always talk about the kids, the children that are in home, but a lot of the hardest couples are the ones whose adult parents yes. or whose adult children are getting involved yes. and are like like fighting against the relationship. Yes. They play a whole different and, ball game. It does. And what's going to happen now? Uh, now that you're, uh, is she going to get mom's jewelry? Oh, I thought you were going to give to me. That's true, huh? Um, <laughs> now we're fighting over and, stuff again. Yeah. And, and obviously, I mean, some of it's the stuff, but some of it also is the expression of what's really happening here. Uh, do you want your, your dad to be happy? Uh, are you worried that, uh, you know, what are you worried about, that this new woman is going gonna, is gonna to take uh, your place in your dad's heart? I mean, it's really, truly, it's not a whole lot different. They're just taller. Right. No, exactly. Um, <laughs> and then they can drive themselves. So yeah, when you get in a fight, right. they can leave and you don't have to drive them. 
which is very handy. But really, you're saying in the end, it's this adult child that's just saying it's probably a safety issue. She feels unloved or power issues or freedom. Right. She's losing something. Yeah. And sometimes it literally can be. You know, sometimes a cigar really is just a cigar. So sometimes it may really be about mom's jewelry. Right. Um, And that's okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. See? But it may also not just be about that. And that's where that's what I call that the smoke. That's where the smoke starts to get into it. And you know, most people die from smoke inhalation instead of getting down to put the fire out. Yeah, that's yeah, powerful. That's a, great, that's a great analogy. We're talking with Dr. Nancy Buck, uh, developmental psychologist, the author of How to Be a Great Parent. Um, we're going to come back with more from Nancy. She's going to show us and give us some tools on how to develop these relationships as co-parents and co-family and blended families. Go check out her her website, PeacefulParenting.com. Really filled with great tools, ideas for you to take your family, your, your blended family, to a whole different level. We'll be back right here on The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM HD2 Provo. Some people have dedicated their entire lives to a single topic. Anything from philosophy to sociology to the arts. Join us on Thinking Aloud as we condense the expertise of lifelong learners to a simple 30-minute dip into their perspective. You've never seen a thought pool this deep. Dive in with host Marcus Smith on Thinking Aloud. Wednesdays at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 11 Mountain, here on Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. Talk about good. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. After a weekend filled with nearly 30 tornadoes in the Midwest, the city of Moore, Oklahoma has been hit again today. Whole portions of the area have been flattened as buildings were torn down to the ground. Two schools were in the path of the monster storm, which was at least a mile wide and may have had winds pushing 200 miles per hour. The Supreme Court has decided to hear a a case regarding public prayers at a town board meeting in New York. The case will highlight continuing national tension about interactions between faith and the public arena. Vermont became the fourth U.S. state to allow doctor-assisted suicide for terminally ill patients today. The state is the first to allow the practice through traditional legislative means. As internet giant Yahoo acquires Tumblr for $1.1 billion, CEO Marissa Mayer indicated today the site will largely be allowed to remain the same. Tumblr allows adult-themed content, which Yahoo has traditionally steered away from. A new study shows more of the nation's poor are now living in suburbs rather than big cities. The shift is putting a strain on the government's efforts to combat poverty as most... Traditional efforts have been aimed at urban areas. In world news, a deadly bombing in Iraq killed 70 across the country today, extending some of the worst violence in in the nation since U.S. troops withdrew in 2011. Over 200 people have lost their lives in the last week. U.S. officials at the Pentagon say tension with North Korea is relatively low, despite six short-range missile launches by the reclusive country. South Korean leaders, however, are calling the launches provocative. Syrian troops have taken back a rebel stronghold with the help of Hezbollah militants from Lebanon, according to reports from the rebels. Regime President Bashir Assad says his forces have not accepted help from outside forces. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Again, our prayers are with those in Oklahoma, more Oklahoma, who uh, are working their way through the um, the horrible conditions and wreckage from that tornado. Again, we hope and pray all is well. And uh, just know, people of the country are thinking about you. As uh, we come back today, we are talking about blended families, two families that have come together, you know, two loving people want to merge a family. And boy, we bring this energy, this excitement, and then the personalities, the history, all of this stuff, and we put them together in one place, and we think it's going to work. Then all of a sudden, you know, stuff starts to really fly, and it doesn't always go so well. So we're, we're talking to Dr. Nancy Buck, and I highly suggest you go to her website, PeacefulParenting.com, and check it out. It's just a great resource. If you're a parent and you need more tools, more ideas in how to find the peace, create more peace in your life, you can't find a better site than that. She is a developmental psychologist and a parenting coach and has written for bloggers or has blogged on Psychology Today, is also the author of a new book that was just recently published, How to Be a Great Parent. Dr. Nancy Buck, thanks again for joining us. I'm still happy to be here. This, I'm glad. So we haven't lost your happiness, have we? That <laughs> always <either>. worries me. <laughs> but you're the best. It really, I, I feel strongly that, um, okay, I'm not going to name names, but there's a radio host who, who counsels people. And this person would always say, look, don't remarry. Just oh. Wait. Just wait until your children are grown. If you care for your children, wait till they're grown and then remarry. What okay. What do you think? Well, uh, I, I I don't agree. Yeah, um, and you got to live, I mean, right? Uh, yeah. Well, and, and first of all, one prescription for all of right. all people doesn't that just doesn't fit from my point of view. Yeah. Um, and part of it also, you know, part of what we need to teach our children. Is how to get along with people, right? How to how to you know find the 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 gifts and the the specialness that that exists in every person. Um, this is a training and, ground, really. This is an opportunity it, to it show is. what it really healthy is. relating is. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, it's one of the things that I say to parents who aren't necessarily in a blended family. But you know, my my spouse and I do not have the same point of view and we don't raise our children in the same way and how, usually how can I get him to change to see it my way is yeah. the next question. Right. And that's when I say, you know, that having parents who, who are two different human beings allows your child to learn diversity in the very first place, which is at home. There is diversity. Right. Every, we're not the exact same person times two. Um, and so I think that and as, as I was thinking during the break, you know, uh, to give you a little bit more hope and to realize that, you know, I need to give a little bit more optimism. And that is, I, this is not an impossible process. No. It can be done, and it can be done well, and it can be done, done lovingly. And, and the biggest mistake that we make is to assume that it can be done easily and quickly. Right. Um, and, and I think that it can be done with effort and with work. But that doesn't mean hard, laborious, no. tear filled hair pulling yeah. out kind of work. I think we you think it's supposed to, take... to be natural too, don't we? Like and it's just not. It's I mean, not. That's just wrong. Well, it's like childbirth. Um, 
Uh, I mean, they say it's natural, but if you've ever been there, there's nothing natural about it. Yeah, I it's mean, pretty hard. Come out. That's that's natural. Yeah, and they're going to come out one way or another. Yeah. But I also, you know, man, I, I got to jump in. It's, it, let's not liken to developing a blended family is like giving birth. It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's is a different it different kind of labor? It is. It's a whole different labor. Yeah, yeah. I totally and agree. And that's the part, though. I do want to caution people: is don't make the assumption. That it's going to be, you know, rainbows and lollipops and, and unicorns, unicorns yep. in the first day. It's going to take a while, and you're going to have to pay attention, and you're going to have to be conscious, and you're going to have to work at it. And it's definitely going to put a strain on the relationship in your new mm-hmm. relationship with your new spouse. It won't be, it's, you know, probably the first, maybe not the first, but it's certainly going to be a, a, one of the major areas that you guys are going to have to figure out how we work together. How do we work? How do we solve our problems together? Yeah. Um, I mean, and that, and that, that's huge. That's everything. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's healthy. I mean, to be able to have another partner come in that loves your mom or loves your dad and loves you and you can show and create something healthy, it's, it, it has the power to stabilize. It has the power to kind of to magnify the love that that there could be there. There's a lot of opportunities. When we can make this work, it literally, it's a catalyst that allows a lot of other things to happen. Yes, absolutely. It's power. So to postpone your happiness for your children, again, you know, let's think about the people in Oklahoma. There are some people who may have been postponing and there was no tomorrow. Yeah. Um, So, no, it's true. how do you know that that tomorrow is going to happen? And uh, I, I, it just doesn't—it's not—it's not a direction that I would um, recommend, uh, unless you've spent enough time and tried to blend, and um, it, there's just um, no moving uh, some of the kids. Then okay, uh, if that's—if that's the way it's going to go, as a parent, if I have to choose between my children and my new spouse, then I will choose my children. Yeah, that, that um, seems like a dumb I, ultimatum to ever give. I mean, because yeah. you're, you're not going to win that with a parent, right? right. You gotta, right. You've already made your choice to have the children. I mean, right. I, I can, see, well, I can I mean, actually see with adult kids, eh, okay, I'll let them go now. They're driving yeah. me crazy. But um, maybe with... And, but but no, yeah. again, that, as, you, as you said, that's a, it's still part of the process. That's right. It's not an event. No, that's right. So that may be one of the stops we have along the way, but it doesn't mean we reach the end of our journey. Mm-hmm. It's almost like what it is with this blended family. They don't the couples don't get that really long yearning chemical runway that makes everything just feel perfect. And the unicorn chemical. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. And instead they get this really sudden dose of reality just trying to get the family moved into a place or just trying to make something happen. Boy, we need that chemistry, yeah. don't we? I mean, that 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 little unicorn chemical. That's well, not... it is, you know, it, it is nature's way of giving us a payoff. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Right. You wouldn't do it otherwise. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, if you were thinking straight, you would not be doing this. In fact, on my Facebook page, there is a woman. Oh, I wish. Let me try to get there. She um, She is in the middle of blending a family, and somehow, we tried to get her on the phone, but somehow she's blending 20 kids I know that's what we oh, wow. said. We gasped just like that. But that's—I yeah. mean, I mean, I don't know. And one of the national studies says that every child you have decreases marital satisfaction by twenty percent. 
So <laughs> may she rest in peace. I'd look for another. I'd look for another research. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, but what's interesting about it is twenty kids. So, but but in in all honesty, it could be as simple as you don't need to have twenty thousand solutions. You might just no. need to be unified on three or four principles. Yeah. What would some of those principles be? You've already said it. Understand it's a challenge. It's not going to be easy. Right. And that, and that for me, the absolute key is that my spouse and I better be talking all the time, every day, and we need to be talking about the kids, yeah. what's happening in our, with the relationships in our family, and we'd also better set aside some sacred time of, how are, of who are you, remember I still like you, That's remember right. I still love you, and this is why you're important. That's right. And and I, and I think too, find a way. Okay, answer me this because this was another little bit of advice. Um, is it is it okay for me not to? Um, uh, this is seemingly obvious, so don't blow this, Nancy. Is <laughs> it okay for it me not to that, like go just for tell love? Me this is your opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here we go. Is it okay for me not to just? Uh, do I have to love this kid? No, but you better not tell me that you don't. Yeah. And you better not, and you better uh, fake it well, and you better fake it until you make it. And I have to feed them, right? <laughs> we got to feed Maybe them. Maybe not. Even, yeah. But so, but so that's the thing is, I, I think in the end, if you ended up serving him, and even if you ended up faking it, I think if you faked it sincerely, you would probably end up having feelings for him. Right. I mean, so part of it, you know, so let's, let, let me turn it kind of upside down. There are a few, more than a few people that I know who love their spouse, but they can't stand their spouse's parents. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so where do you think this, this person that you love came from? And how do, you, how do you think this person became such a wonderful person? Right. It probably wasn't that, you know, they were dropped into the family and magically were wonderful in this horrible family. So part of, again, my recommendation is your job is to find something about marvelous and interesting and fascinating about your in-law that you didn't know existed. Yeah. And I would say the same thing to you, stepdad. Okay, you don't like this kid, but this kid must be wonderful because he is the creation of this woman that That's you right. love. Right. So what can you what can you find about this kid? And that's your job to explore it until you find it. Yeah, now, that's the appreciative. Be, that's positive, isn't it? Because now I'm looking exactly. for good stuff. Exactly. And it could be that this is the worst kid you ever met. He wins that contest. Well, that's because the father. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's because the ex. See, that's what we do, huh? We we kind of we have that little confirmation bias, and we're always trying to. To like blame it on something, and all the good things come from my my new wife, and all the bad things right. come from her ex. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, what do you think about that relationship? What what responsibility do I have as a husband to the ex? To the stay out of it. Yeah, I mean, don't you think? Just stay out <laughs> that, of it. That's the one. I'll go along with that other radio person. Don't ever. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to win that. I mean, you can you can be you can be the person who hears it. You know, so your your wife comes to you and says, I can't stand it, he's driving me nuts, or he's doing the same old typical, or mm-hmm. he's now begging and asking, or whatever it is. You can be the, the place that she can, the safe place for her to fall. You can be the place where she can um, spout off, and uh, she gets to process. Yeah. But one of the biggies, which again, probably something you're fully aware of, is don't fix it for her. No. P.S. She doesn't want you to anyway. Um, and there's no way you're going to win in that one. Yeah. Um, 
But that doesn't mean make it an off-limits. You don't want to necessarily make it off-limits any more than you come to her complaining about your ex. Right. Um, but the last thing in the world that, that you want to do is start um, stepping in and, and intervening. That's, that, that's not going to go well. <laughs> yeah, and it seems obvious, and yet it just also seems kind of like the, the ultimate, I mean, the, the, the one way that everyone's tripping up on is they kind of get sucked into that problem. And a lot of it's because the ex didn't know how to handle it or didn't know, you know, yeah. how to. And so let me just show you. This is how you do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and there's also, a, there, there may be a protection thing. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so now let's say we blend it. And now you are, you actually have fallen in love with the kids. And now um, biological dad starts not treating these kids well. Mm. And so you want to be the protector. You want to step in and, and help things go right for these kids. How's that going to work? Yeah, no. Um, and, and, and truly, it doesn't work well. <laughs> and, and, it, ultimately... and it never does, does it? I mean, it's... No, I mean, it's... Uh, for the same reason you would say to the, the, the two divorced, or I would say to the two divorcing parents, don't disparage your children's other biological parent right. because you are disparaging the child on some level. Yeah, um, that's huge. So My... listen, and, and if you can say, okay, how can if do you want my help in solving a problem? Yeah, we're seeing another way you might approach it, but don't fix it. Oh, I love that, and and honestly, and then it, what's cool is that you can kind of just stand back too and just provide support, provide. Go clean the house when when your partner's going through this trial. Yeah. Be just kind yeah. of stable in other ways. Yes. Without intervening. Yes. Yeah. We need somebody that does. We. I mean, if one person gets bit by the snake, we don't need both of us running in and getting bit. Exactly. So, so just stay back. Exactly. Let them. Exactly. Let them walk out, and then you can go get them. And help. and again, it probably you know you could if if she says to you, he's such a jerk I can't stand him you can say I know honey it's really hard yeah but you can't say he's such a jerk all right. <laughs> Yeah, right. And I mean, the ideal would then be to, hey, let's just, we can do this all together. We can all be grownups and this can work. And um, I mean, it really, I think overall it it can work. I, I see it all the time. And yeah. it's just, people just need to know that it's not, you don't magic wand this. You've got to just kind of seriously work it. That's right. It's It, it, it didn't happen overnight and it's not going to happen overnight. And it's going to take time and patience. And, I mean, truly, it's you're falling in love. Yeah. But you're falling in love with different people. And you're asking the different people to also fall in love with you. Um, so you're asking this seven-year-old boy to fall in love with you. You yeah. don't have to be the dad. You just have to, uh, I'm going to be around. It would be more pleasant if we liked each other. Yeah. Um, and let's start there. And there, from, from there it goes to other places. And it really does happen. Yeah, I mean, it, does. it is kind of like magic. Mm-hmm. But truly, you know, despite the, uh, the the chemistry that you talked about, Matt, there probably is additional stuff why you and this woman liked each other. So the chances are pretty good that your kids are going to like one another right. as well. Right. Um, and like you as well. It yeah. just isn't going to happen. Snap your fingers and we love each other. So now you guys all get along. That's good. Just, just not going to work. <laughs> See, you did it again. You did it again, Dr. Nancy Buck. Now, Nancy, this is all, I guess, the best source or resource for everybody listening is to go to your book, How to Be a Great Parent. 
There is absolutely. I do talk about uh, parenting after how you parent together after divorce because that's a whole other thing that we didn't necessarily talk about. Right. But as long as you are, even though you are divorced as a couple and you still have children, you're still parenting together. Oh yeah. Um, so that's part of the other dynamics that we didn't necessarily get into. Yeah, yet. we can bring book, you back. That's a good one. Co-parenting yeah. after a divorce, huge. Yeah. It is, it, and 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 not graceful. No, um, but you need to learn how to make it graceful. Yeah, um, and the kids and deserve again, it. Again, uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it is. You're not doing any of it for yourself. Right. You're doing all of it for your children. Good stuff. Um, and at the same time, if you do by, well by your children, then you are in fact standing. Uh, that will improve your relationship with your children ultimately. You but got yeah, it. go to my website, How to Be a Great. I'm sorry, Peaceful Parenting. There you can have access to How to Be a Great Parent and my um, other books as well. And if you want, go to my blog and um, also sign up for the free newsletter. If anybody uh, would like, they can uh, write to me at my through my newsletter and ask me parenting questions. I love. Oh, that's great! Know, yeah, love talking to parents. Check it so. out, then, Doctor Nancy Buck. <laughs> Appreciate you, Doctor Buck. You're the best. Peaceful. I'm happy to be with you again. You bet. Peacefulparenting.com. <laughs> ask her questions. Go pick her brain. Hey, it'll. I mean, really, you got a psychologist right there willing to help you. We're going to take a break, come back, and answer some other relationship questions from the Internet right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. BYU All-American quarterback Robbie Bosco. We were playing at the University of Pittsburgh. It was my first collegiate football game, and I was so nervous. I wasn't even sure if I should be the quarterback or not. My first three passes were incomplete. The first pass I threw was about 20 feet over the receiver's head. I couldn't believe I threw it like that. And then my next two passes were just weren't even close to being completed. As I was walking off the field, Coach Edwards was walking towards me, and I thought, oh, boy, this is the end. He's going to yank me, and he's going to tell me that they're going to let another guy come in and see what he can do. But he came over, put his hands on my shoulder, told me to relax, told me that I was their guy and not to worry about anything else, just go out there and play. Having him believe in me changed my life. Chances are the relationships that changed your life started at BYU. Share your story at alumni.byu.edu slash update. Remember when, remember why. BYU alumni connected for good. Traveling with Eric Dowdle is obviously about traveling, but it's also about painting, food, trivia, culture, friends, and history. So you could say it's pretty weird. Are people competing to be weird? Because I think we could probably give them a run. Is there? Can we put that on our thing? The you weirdest show, or that? the weirdest show on BYU Radio. Uh, I think we I would think be we right up there. One. Catch traveling with Eric Dowdle weekdays at 9 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. And one of the things we've been trying to do on this program is give you some real-life solutions, answers, tools, the things you need to, to get through this crazy thing we call life, to improve our relationships, to have smarter relationships. Our very own Rob Sanders now is joining us with a new feature of the show. The Internet Asks, Beep. Matt Answers. Hey, I like that. 
So this comment comes uh, onto the internet from a 31-year-old woman who is married to a 42-year-old guy. Okay, well, okay. Living overseas, she's a professional, living away from her family, but living near her husband's family. Now, she hates the job she does. Uh, yeah, in the other country, okay. Because there aren't a lot of opportunities. They're out kind of in a more rural area. But uh, the, the husband doesn't want to leave what he's doing. He started his own business, he, and he likes uh, what he's doing, but it just kind of treads water. It, it makes enough money to pay for the operational expenses of the business, but it's not enough to really bring any yeah. money home. So yeah. she feels like she's subsidizing his business, and she's getting really tired of her job. Kind of wants to. She has another goal, right? Her goal, it sounds like she's done. She kind of wants to move back home to the U.S., I'm hearing, and have them both get some real jobs. Or even move to a larger city, but okay. it's just something to get. So she, she's tired of working a job. She hates working. Yeah. So that he can continue to live near his family and do his dream. He's, sure. he's good at it, just doesn't make a lot of money at it. What's, what's, his, what's his answer to that? Every time she tries to bring it up, the husband gets defensive. Doesn't want to. Doesn't want to talk about it. It, it. it feels like it's questioning his manhood. Manhood, yeah. Well, we should be. <laughs> Hello, not to be rude, but he's not pulling his weight, and and it's starting to put some pressure, pressure. on their marriage. And she's worried, looking down the road financially, is she being? And her question is: yeah. Is she being unreasonable? And what can she do to try to address the situation? Because if it keeps going the way it's going, it, it might not land well. Well, okay, let's reverse the whole scenario. So one of my things I learned as a divorce mediator is if if we reverse the deal, is it just as fair? So if we made him out there working a job he doesn't like to make the bills, she was supposed to be helping, isn't, because she's starting a business that keeps failing. Uh, we're living by her family, just having a good time in whatever place. What would he do? I mean, eventually, I'm going to bet he'd be frustrated enough to say something has to happen. So, no, I don't think she's being unreal, re- reasonable. I think the interesting thing is um, every time she does bring it up, his hierarchy, his ego is being impacted. So here's a crazy truth that I've learned in communication with, with men and women, okay? And it comes from a study done by a woman named Deborah Tannen, and you can read about it in a book called You Just Don't Understand. In the book, this is what she says. Basically, she says that men and women communicate for different reasons. So this woman it wants to bring it up and talk about the issue. Hey, I'm not happy with this. I want to move or I want to get a better job or you need to quit your little goal of starting a business and make something work here. Every time she brings that up, she's doing it to kind of resolve and to bond to make sure we're on the same page and to, um, to actually create some progress. Okay. He, meanwhile, blows up, doesn't necessarily like it. But one of the things that um, Deborah Tannen found in her study is that when men and women communicate, we have different goals. The female's goal, she found statistically, so you may be different in, you know, than the statistic, but a, a, a big percentage of the women, when they're talking, they want to actually bond and connect on this issue. Let's make sure we're on the same page, which is probably what this woman's trying to do. The men, on the other hand, our primary goal when talking is to transfer data. So, um, and we take data very literally, but our secondary goal when men talk is to maintain our hierarchy. So almost any time, ladies, that you bring an issue to a man that puts him in a one-down position, you're going to see him get mad. 
because his hierarchy is engaged. That's his ego. You're, you're impacting his ego. What you're impacting is the cold, hard truth that he's not succeeding. If you were going to him and wanting to move because, and he, because they had made so much money, now they can go move to a bigger house in the city, he probably wouldn't be impacted like this. But because his business isn't succeeding, you keep reinforcing his pain. And every time you reinforce somebody's pain, guess what? They're going to show anger and frustration. So then her question ends up being, look, I can't even say anything. I can't say anything. Because every time I say it, his ego goes off and it starts this pattern. I don't know an easier way to do that than give him this audio and ask him, does it impact your ego when I come back and say this? He may not want to deal with that full on, but the reality is um, when man doesn't feel like he's producing enough, he takes everything personal. And it's not going to go away unless we can be real about it. What ends up happening, by the way, usually, she sounds like the parent, ironically, and he goes child on her. So every time she brings up the question and says, so did you finish your homework? He goes child and freaks out. Quit asking about my homework, usually because he hasn't finished his homework. And so um, in the end, it's either parent, child. So every time she goes parent, he has to go child. You know, one fast way to do this, is to eliminate this, is for her to quit her job. That's highly irresponsible. But do you want to bet the minute she quits her job in a tantrum because she's a kid that won't do it anymore, do you want to bet he'll come and talk to her about it? All of a sudden, we're going to engage his desire to talk about it. The problem is she's too mature to make that happen. So here's the standoff, I call it. And if we want to fix any of these things, somebody has to change. One thing she could do, though, is um, basically just say, I can't do this anymore, so I'm probably going to quit in the next month or so. The minute she says that, she's going to see him go parental, and now he's going to want to talk. So it sounds crazy, but I would just say, I can only do this about one more month, and then I'm done. So can we sit down and figure this out? Because I don't know what I'm going to do. Or I'm thinking of starting my own business, and I'm going to go start my own business, because, and then why don't you go get a job, and I'll just run a business for a while. And let me have a try. The minute you do that, there will probably be – he might show a little more energy and maybe – I don't know. I mean it's a hard one. Sounds that's, like a recipe for fireworks though. Well, but it's already a recipe for fireworks if you notice. So that's just a different recipe for fireworks, and sometimes a different recipe for fireworks actually works. The, the recipe for fireworks you've been using for a year, it's not working. It's not working. So try a new one. Try a little TNT, a little kerosene. Light that baby up. Wow. Skyboy. You like that? Bringing it to the show. Hey, folks, this is the Matt Townsend Show. That is Ask Matt, an internet question. I guess that's what we're calling that. Um, thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Trying to let you see the good in the world. It is a good world. And, again, our prayers go out. To those people in, in Oklahoma, in more Oklahoma, we love you. Our prayers are with you. And uh, God bless. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back tomorrow with more tools, ideas right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.